0: This is Sunday morning worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Hornets Church with our pastor of the Pine Level Pentecostal Hornets Church, Reverend Pharaoh Hardison, bringing the message today, When God Doesn't Make Sense, Part 3. We'll start off with the praise to you.
1: We bring the sacrifice. preach after that kind of singing, all to turn his preaching license in. Amen? Man, that was good. That's some of the best lip syncing I've ever seen in my life. That was real good, real good. Man, I just love it when church starts off like this, don't you? Now, it don't always start off like that. Sometimes it's hard to get the old pump primed, but we started off primed this morning, and I like it, I like it. You know, if I were you sitting out there on the pew and I didn't really kind of know what was going on in the church, and by the way, if you ever want to know what's going on or you got any questions, you can certainly ask our deacons. You can ask me. We, our books are open. I mean, we don't have a thing we're hiding here. We're not going to show you who gave what. It ain't none of your business. But we have no problem accounting for how we use God's money. And maybe sometimes you thought, what's all this up here? What is all that? All those machines and monitors and speakers and camera. What is all that? And and is that really necessary? Well, let me just read a letter to you from a lady in, um, I think, Arkansas, maybe. Where? Arkansas, yeah. Y'all, can y'all hear the Lord speaking to me? Because I, I hear the Lord speaking to me. sounds like Jenny Vanderhelm, but I didn't know the Lord sounded like that. I love you, Jenny. Jenny keeps me straight, man. I, I love her for that. I really do. Her and Millie, it's a full-time job. But listen to this. Listen to this. She wrote this to our church. I wanted to reach out. My son is in jail in Arkansas, and they are allowed to check out tablets, you know, little computers, him and his cellmates listen to your radio station every Wednesday night. There's you preacher Wednesday night sitting right there on the front row. So I'm going to write them back and tell them that's Carolina Packers. If they'll tune in on Sunday morning, they'll get filet mignon. Sometimes I want Carolina Packers, and that's all I want, Amen. Says him and his cellmates listen every Wednesday night. God bless you, brother Mac. Here's what they say about what what you say, Bible. Uh, the Bible says, she said they really enjoy it. Thank you for your outreach. That's an outreach ministry. It's an outreach ministry. Give Joey, give Joey, a, Amen. Joey just tooted his own horn. Did y'all hear that? That's good, Joey. <laughs> it says, um, I just want, this is the mama talking, and I've had a son in jail, and I know how it feels. Maybe some of y'all have had family members in jail. You know how it feels, and you know how this mama feels. And she says, I um, just want to let you know it means so much to them, those boys that are in jail. She said, he, talking about her son, wanting me to get your address because he wants to write Pastor mac got pastor here, but I know she probably thinks Mac's the pastor, and in a, lot, a lot of times I turn it all over to him. He really is. Pastor Mac, to let him know how much the messages have meant to him. Please keep Skyler, I guess is his name, in your prayers. Listen to this. He has an addiction problem. Which has led him to be put in prison. We aren't sure where yet. It will be a federal prison. Thank you so much for this ministry. Talking about our little radio thing we have. And that's Joey, man. That's Joey. Thank you, Joey. Appreciate you, buddy. The Bible says give honor to whom honor is due. And Joey's do some honor and got his daddy going out there on Wednesday night and Max do some honor so we appreciate him and we're not afraid to hold back and uh, let people know how much we appreciate them, amen. We appreciate these men up here, amen. They're hard to look at, but they're good men. They're good men. And so it takes money to do that outreach, and I just want to thank y'all for giving. I want to thank you for giving so that we can spend money on something other than just buildings and things It's all about our ministry. It's all about our ministry. But you gotta have buildings and things to do ministry. So thank you all so, so much. And I know you're gonna give faithfully this morning. Um, Lord, we do thank you. We do thank you. You're so good to us, Lord. You're so generous. You take care of us. You meet our needs. We're reminded of that 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. And because he's my shepherd, I got everything I need, I shall not want. Lord, as we receive this offering today, we ask you to bless it and and multiply it as you did the bread and the fish, and then give us the wisdom and the determination to spend every penny only for your glory. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen, amen. Amen. God bless you as you worship in giving. Kelsey, 11 years old, and her daddy said, if a boy looks at her in any way, he will knock them right out. (laughs) Well, we've been busy this week. Our young people took over to the elementary school. Do y'all know how much a buku is? A buku of school supplies. I'm telling you. He and Brother Mac knew there was going to be a lot of them, but I think we were both caught off guard. Uh, It was great. A big old pile of um, school supplies to help the teachers and the students who can't afford maybe uh, to buy all that they need. And and I'm telling you, folks, when you do stuff like that, you're doing things Jesus would do. And when you do things Jesus would do, God will put his hand on you. He'll put his hand on your individual life. He'll put his hand on your church. He'll put his hand on you. And uh, I tell you, if God isn't going to have his hand on us, we might as well stay at the house. Amen? Amen. I'm telling you, it's wonderful. Also, uh, just talking about your giving and your generosity and your faithfulness to the church, our bus is not sitting under the portico anymore. Did y'all know that? Because we've got a shelter back there and it looks mighty mighty good and i'm so glad i didn't have to do one bit of work there to do that i'm so glad and uh so man we're making progress good things are happening went over uh came over last night and uh enjoyed the senior saints what do y'all call that group Senior senior adults now i act like a child but i'm a senior adult but i act like a kid most of the time But I came over for that last night and had the honor and privilege of speaking uh, to them. And uh, they gave me a beautiful fruit basket. And thank you all for that so much. And man, we had some good barbecue. I believe Paul might have had something to do with that. I heard through the grapevine. And I'm telling you, if if you're in that age group and you're not coming to that meeting, and it's been a while, we got it going again, and we want you to come on out. And had a good crowd last night, a lot of visitors from the community. And uh, so glad to have them, but the food was so good. And I'll tell you, when Florence fixes your plate, she is not stingy, buddy. I'm telling you, she put enough barbecue up there for me and Millie both, and I ate Millie's part and mine. It was so good. And all the goodies and all the side uh, things to go with it, man, it's so good. And the dessert looked like homecoming. And if you're not coming to the uh, senior meeting, uh, got, you gotta come, senior adults. Come on, don't be ashamed to be an old. You know, the alternative to getting older is not that good. So I'm glad for every birthday I have. So if uh, you're none of your business years, come on, come on. And be a part of it. I believe our next one is in, is our next one the one at Mike's Farm? Is that our next one? Or is that? That's a committee? Our next one's in November though, right? And it's gonna cover uh, no, uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. So that's, how many? It's gonna cover Thanksgiving and Christmas. You think there's gonna be any groceries at this meeting? Man, if y'all don't come to this one, there's no hope for you. I'm telling you. So come on out, come on out and be a part of it. Man, I could probably two or three other things I need to talk about and, say, because the church is just doing so much, and uh, thank the Lord for it. Got things coming up now. Got some things coming up on the calendar. I know Brother Mac's already talked about it, but I want to remind you, we need you. We need you. There's something everybody can do. Everybody can do, and so uh, you talk to uh, Miss Flo and Florence, and she'll, she'll help you out. Talk to Mac up here on the front row. He'll help you out. And uh, help you know what to do. Brother David's also leading there. And uh, we need to work outside. We need some outside workers to do some cooking. We need some folks inside. And I've already claimed my inside spot because that's where the air conditioning is. And uh, they said, well, you'd be doing women's work. I said, as long as the air conditioner's on, I don't care what I'm doing. Amen. (laughs) So we got some things going on. Now, look, when we have these fundraisers, we don't just put the money in the bank. We, we help people with it. We, we do ministry with it. Uh, I tell you, when the Lord comes back, uh, I don't want to be found with a whole bunch of money in the bank because God wants us using it for his glory. I heard about a church that had $500,000 in the fund that took care of the little graveyard next to the church. And the pastor's wife said, "The dead live way better than me and my husband do." <laughs> and, uh, so uh, we're gonna do, we're gonna do ministry. We're gonna do ministry when you when you give and you uh, work and so we we I want you to understand that we're we're not we're not gonna put that money up and we we've we're praying and we're listening to you. We're listening to your thoughts and your ideas. Matter of fact, let me just do something right here. I'd like, and I know some of them are not here today, but if you're a deacon at this church, will you stand up, all the deacons at this church, just stand up, amen, amen. And uh, some of them are sick and some of them are just out of town today. Uh, Brother Bill Thornton is one, Brother James, y'all know he he is one, and, and David over here. So you gentlemen can sit down. So I want you to go to them and share your thoughts and share your ideas. We care what you think, we do. And uh, we thank you for for everything you do, all the things you do uh, here at the church. Well, let's go to Psalm 73. If you want to get your Bible out, and then uh, Jenny will be putting some of the screen, uh, scriptures up on the screen. And uh, let me open my bottle of water here. I'm gonna need both hands. You got to water of the old mule if you want him to work. Amen. And um, Psalm 73, one of the most clear, easy to understand chapters in the Bible. And we're we're talking about a man, we're we're looking at a man here in Psalm 73, and a lot of times in the Bible, um, chapters will be broke up into different thoughts. But in this case... Psalm 73, the whole chapter is all about a man or a person. doesn't say if it's a man or not, but uh, a person who's been looking at the prosperity of unbelievers. They've been looking at the prosperity of people who don't serve the Lord. And he's trying to serve the Lord, and he sees the unbelievers prospering and he sees himself not prospering and he's upset about it. Now, we can raise our hand or not raise our hand, but I think we've all felt like that once in a while. You know, Lord, I'm trying to do the best I can. Everything I touch breaks and that old mean fella down the road that talks about the church bad and talks about the Bible bad and by the way, Lord, he talks about you bad. Everything he touches turns to gold and everything I touch breaks. Well, we're going to explain it to you this morning. it is in that chapter. The explanation is in Psalm 73. And so I want you to follow along with me. Now, what have we talked about so far? So far? Well, verses 1 through 12, he just talks about what he's upset about. He says, you know, when these people die, they look like they die in peace. He goes... There, some of them are violent, violent in their actions, violent in their words. Uh, they're prideful, Lord. they got more than their heart could wish. He's talking about the ungodly. And they're corrupt, many of them, Lord. They speak wickedly. Uh, we talked about that. They've set their mouth against the heavens, Lord. They're talking about you and just putting everything godly and holy and righteous, just putting it down and criticizing it. That reminds me of our day. Amen? Everywhere I look, every time I turn on the news, somebody is being critical of things of God. Righteous things, pure things. And so, uh, you know, really, you look back, this was written thousands of years ago, but men haven't changed much, have they? They still have a nature that is not toward God. Our nature is against God. And the Bible says that most people, when it comes time to go into eternity, most people are going to leave this world, listen now, and go into eternity without Jesus. You say, well, how do you know that? Where does it say that in the Bible? It says broad is the road that leads to destruction. Broad, and then it says narrow is the road that leads to heaven. Now what that means is there's going to be a lot of people A lot more people on that broad road than on that little narrow road. So a lot more people are going to leave this world without Jesus than are going to leave this world with Jesus. And so we live in that. And I want you to think about that. That's the culture you live in. That's the world we live in. So don't be surprised at anything you will hear in these days. Don't be caught off guard. Don't get discouraged. The Bible says two things will happen in the last days. Men will get more evil and more evil and more evil. The Bible says it this way. They will wax worse and worse. But at the very same time, the song, the choir song, that second song, God is sending revival in the last days. He said, in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. So which one will you accept? Which way will you embrace? Are you going to embrace the ways of the world or are you going to embrace the things of God? I'm going to be on the narrow road. Who's going to join me on the narrow road? Amen. I don't mean narrow-minded now. I've met some narrow-minded Christians. Amen. We don't need to be narrow-minded, but we do need to be on the narrow road. You know, whether you go to heaven or not is up to you. You can say, well, how about all the hypocrites in the church? Well, come on. We can take one more. And then here's what I say about that. I'd rather go to I'd rather live here in this world and go to church with a few hypocrites than die and go to hell with all of them. Amen? So I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to serve Jesus. You let them criticize, mock, ridicule, tear down, whatever they want to do. I'm telling you this morning, I've made up my mind. I'm going to serve the Lord. Me and my house, me and my house, going to serve the Lord. Amen. Is your mind made up? Make up your mind. You say, well, there's just some things I don't understand. That's all right. You're you going to always have things you don't understand. i got news for you. God don't owe you an explanation. Yeah. Just, do what, just do what he told you to do. Give your life to him. Give your heart to him. Things are going to come. Things are going to happen you don't understand. Just move on and serve the Lord. Amen. 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 So this fellow's all confused, and he's a Christian. But he's got his eyes off the Lord, and he's got his eyes on People And, and um, I know that's not relevant, really. Nobody ever does that anymore. But back then, they had a problem with this. Y'all do know we do, too, right? So look at verse 12. And I, I didn't even tell Jenny where, where I was going to start off. But you got your Bible there. Just look at it. Behold, these are ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Then look at verse 13. God, I, I've, I've given my heart to you. I feel like I've given my heart to you in vain. I feel like I've got saved and, and it's not doing me any good. Look what he says. Verily, I've cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long, I've been plagued. Anyway, listen to him whining. You ever heard of whiny Christian? For all the day, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say it just like he means it. For all the day long, I have been plagued. And I've been chastened every morning. You, Lord, I get up in the morning, first thing you do is whoop me. That's what chasing means. You just get me up in the morning to beat on me. Me, me, meh. Look at verse 15. He said, if I were to speak out loud publicly what's in my heart, he said, I would offend the generation of thy children. How many of you know that sometimes when you're struggling mentally like that, you just need to keep it in your heart? You don't need to get out and be talking it everywhere. Anybody here get discouraged? I get discouraged. Matter of fact, the next sermon series is on discouragement. I'm going to preach on how to win the war with discouragement. That's our next sermon series. I get discouraged. I get down and out. Millie hears me. That, that, when I was just acting like that voice, Millie's heard me use that voice, and I weren't acting. I was being sincere. Poor me, poor, poor me. He said, in verse 16, he said, When I tried to understand why the wicked prosper and the righteous are plagued, when I tried to understand it, when I tried to know this, it was just too painful for me. But look at verse 17. See, listen. Listen to me now. When you're out of fellowship with God, confusion is the result. When you are close to God, understanding is the product of being near God. Did you get that? So the next time you're confused, the next time you're, I don't understand this, I don't understand that. Get back with the Lord. Get back close to the Lord where you ought to be. And all of a sudden you'll begin to see things right. You'll begin to understand things. So this man had got away from the Lord. He had drifted away from the Lord. How many of you know we drift? We can drift. Amen. Sometimes I drift. And I have to get back. And I've got to paddle harder and get back where the Lord wants me to be. But when I drift, I get confused. But when I draw near to God, I understand things. Things don't bother me as bad. Things don't worry me as much when I'm near the Lord. But when I'm away from God, I get all upset and I I look at things through the eyes of my flesh rather than through the Spirit. And I get upset and I get angry and my feelings are easily hurt and all kind of things. So it all has to do with where you are with the Lord. And the people said... Amen, amen. Now look at verse 18. Now he's got understanding now. He's gone back to the sanctuary of God. He's gone back to church. He's gone back to the Lord. He's come back. He hadn't backslid. He wasn't wasn't going to hell if he died, but he was in a bad place spiritually. And so he comes back and gets right with the Lord. And in verse 18, he says, Now I see. He says, Surely thou didst set. Do y'all remember? When I first read this scripture, look back over at verse um, 2. Can you, if you've got your Bibles, might not get that on the screen, but just look at verse 2. What does he say? But as for me, my feet were almost gone. What did he say? My steps had well nigh slipped. But now he's got understanding. Look what he says. Surely thou didst set them, the ungodly, I'm not the one in slippery places. They're the one in slippery places, amen, amen. They're the ones that are in trouble. I'm a child of God. I may not have all the things I want in this life. Everything might not work out. I might not walk in perfect health all the time. I might have my struggles and my trials, but I'm a child of God. I know who's in trouble and it ain't me because I'm saved, amen. It is the ungodly. They're the ones who are are in slippery places. Who's with me on this? Y'all with me on this? Verse 18, he says, Thou castest them down into destruction. He's talking now about their end. See, listen. It don't matter what you get in this life. It doesn't matter what you own. It doesn't matter what you uh, collect. It doesn't matter what you accomplish. It doesn't matter how many trophies are on your shelf and plaques are on your wall, money in your bank. All that matters when you come to the last day of your life on this earth is where am I with Jesus. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. You didn't bring it and you're not going to take it. You're not going to take it with you. I've told my boy, I'm going to spend every, I hope I can give you maybe 10 or 12 cents when I die. I'll leave that because I'm spending my money. Amen. I am. I am. <laughs> I'm spending my Leave. He can work his own, get his. That's how I got mine. My mom and dad didn't leave me nothing. I ain't leaving him nothing. A little, I got a little insurance policy. I might let him have some of that, but man, I'm going I'm to enjoy my life while I'm here. <laughs> I don't know how I got off on that, but <laughs> See, it don't matter. See? all that matters, all that matters. And, and you say, "Well, well, I've got some questions. I tell you, I know some Christian people. They hadn't done things just right. I, well, you better get your eyes off of them people. Let me ask you something sinner. Let me ask you something, person who has not got saved. And, You got all these excuses, let me ask you something. Do you think you're gonna stand before God on Judgment Day and say, well, I know I'm not saved, but that that fella, he claims to be a Christian and he's a deacon and he goes to the church and he's a preacher and he's a, and I know some things, do you think Jesus is gonna look at you and go, oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) Well, since they were so bad, I'm gonna let you into heaven. No, you're going to hell with the same crowd. Can I preach? I mean, these people that talk about I know hypocrite preachers and hypocrite church members and hypocrite deacons and hypocrite Sunday school teachers and hypocrite whatever. Big deal. So what? You think that's going to get you in heaven? Because you know that? No. What's going to get you in heaven is where you are with the Lord. Not where everybody else is with the Lord. Where you are. Where you are with God. So, if you think you're going to come up with some excuse of the judgment of of your life you you're he Jesus is going to look at you and go so what So what you Pharaoh Hardison did something wrong and you had never heard him say he's sorry for you. so what I'm dealing with Pharaoh when he gets here I'm dealing with you right now hoss. Okay. I'm dealing with you right now Amen, Amen. So I mean that honestly God just bear with me a minute. I mean, one of the biggest excuses I've heard in my whole life is there are hypocrites in the church. Okay, call Dan Rathers. He's still doing news? Call uh, 60 Minutes. I mean, that's a big news story, isn't it? Hypocrites in the church? No. There always have been, there are, there always will be. Now, I'm not one, but y'all might be, I don't know. But what I'm saying is, do you really think you're gonna stand before the Lord one day and you're gonna be able to give all the excuse, excuses and He's gonna pardon you because you found some hypocrites in the church? No. That ain't gonna help you one bit. It might make you feel better about yourself. Listen, it might make you listen to a sermon like this one and be able to walk out and go, well, I'm good as so and so. Well, that ain't good enough. You might be better than so and so. You might be better than the preacher as far as your behavior. Or your attitude, I don't know. But I'm just telling you, the only thing's gonna matter when you come to the end of your life is where you are, sir, with Jesus. Where you are, ma'am, with Jesus. Now, is that not clear to everybody? I think that's pretty clear, don't you? I preach that better than I thought I would. That was real good. Now look at verse 19. He's talking about the wicked now. He's been back to church, he's right with God. He says, Now I understand how. How are they? Not me. See, he was talking about himself, but now he recognizes those that don't love the Lord, they're going to be brought into what? Desolation. How quick? In a moment. I'm glad I'm who's glad they're saved. I'm so glad I'm saved. I didn't say who's perfect. None of you can raise your hand on that one, but I'm saved. I've been adopted into the family. Hallelujah. He said, they are utterly consumed with terrors. Yeah, if I wasn't right with God, I'd be utterly consumed with terror. I really would. I'd hate to to think of leaving this world without Jesus. Look at verse 20. As a dream. As a dream when one awaketh. In other words, Lord, they they think you're asleep. I mean, they're just living their lives ungodly and participating in any kind of perversion and filth and ungodliness they want to, but it's going to be like God woke up one day. (laughs) Look at verse 20. As a dream, when one awaketh, O Lord, when thou, Lord, awakest, thou shalt despise their image. Listen, y'all, listen. I'm looking all around me. I see so much ungodliness and injustice in this world, amen? Amen. All over the world. But it's going to be like one day God woke up. Everybody thinks they're getting away with it. There's coming a day when they're going to think God's been asleep, but he woke up. Oh, um. What's his name? Pastor Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis. R. G. Lee. Dr. R. G. Lee. I love listening to him. You can still hear him on uh, YouTube. Old preacher, old timey preaching. And uh, he he preached that sermon, Payday Someday. That was his that was his most popular sermon. Was Payday Someday. I heard that Dr. uh um, R.G. Lee was on vacation in the mountains with his wife and it was on a Sunday morning and they pulled into the parking lot of a little Baptist church and he went in there and sat on the back row, him and his wife. Nobody didn't know who he was, one of the most famous preachers in the world. He's sitting in the back row of that little Baptist church and that young preacher, that young whippersnapper, got up there and preached his sermon, Payday Sunday. And he got in the car with his wife when it was over and looked over there at her and said, what in the world do you think some young boy preaching my sermon? She said, I think he shoots your gun better than you do. (laughs) Payday's coming, boys and girls. I'm paid up. My account is paid up. Who's with me? My account's paid up. It's paid up. An old account was settled long ago. Who remembers that old song? An old account was settled long ago. Now I mess up and stumble along the way, but I'm still in the family now. I remember now, look, I've heard preaching where if you messed up, you weren't in the family no more. No, man, everybody's gonna mess up. He don't kick you out of the family every time you mess up. Matter of fact, my Bible says that my heavenly father loves me way more than my earthly father. And I've done a lot of things to, well, to give my earthly father the right to kick me out of the house, but you know what? He never did. And my heavenly Father loves me way more than my earthly father ever did. We're going to stumble, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to lose your temper, you're going to stick your hand out the window going down the road and tell somebody they're number one. And when you do that, you've got to repent. you've got to ask the Lord to forgive you. you I got a dick on the front row going, dear Jesus, dear Jesus. <laughs> pick it on Mac. I love to pick on Mac. He's so easy to pick on. I love you, Mac. You love me back. He, did, he didn't even answer me. <laughs> so so you're going you're to blunder. You're going to mess up. You're going to stumble. He's still your daddy. You're still in the family. Now listen, here's what I think. If you can sin like you used to and it don't bother you no more, you better get your heart right then. You better come on back to God. Or maybe you never did get saved to start with. Or maybe you did and you just come to a place in your life where you said, I don't want the Lord no more. I don't want to live that life no more. Now when you do that and you make a decision, then, then you're out there again. You've got to come back and recommit to the Lord. But we're going to stumble along the way. Amen. Verse 21. Thus my heart was grieved. In other words, here's where he's admitting now. See, he's got back right with God. He says, Lord, I got bitter. That's what it means. I was grieved. He got bitter in his spirit. He got bitter in his spirit because wicked people were doing better than he was, he thought. But see, then he got, a, he got a look at where he was going to go in the end and where they were going to go in the end. And he was like, you know, now don't really matter that much. What matters is the end. Are we ready? Because you see, if you're blessed and fortunate, you're going to live, you're gonna li- you, know, you know about how many years you're going to live on this earth. We all know the Bible even throws it out there, estimates about 85 years. Now you might live to 95 or 105, but... The Bible says generally men are going to go out of here about 85 years old. And if you're that age, don't you fret. I, I saw Jimmy Sutton this morning. He looked younger than I am. Of course, it don't take much to do that. But, but uh, uh, Jimmy was telling me how old he was. And, and we don't know when we're going to leave this world. But the Bible tells it. says it. About 85. You know, you, you can. But, but that's Nothing. That's nothing compared to eternity. Eternity. Let me give you a little picture of eternity, a little, little uh, illustration. So let's say, have you ever seen a timeline, like a line on a piece of paper, and then there'll be this happened here, and this happened here, and this happened here. You know, uh, maybe the the uh, the uh, uh, creation of the earth, and then the Old Testament, and then you can draw on that timeline. Let me tell you something, your your time on this earth is like that right there. Can y'all even see that? Like a third of an inch and eternity goes and goes and goes around the world and around the world and around the world and around the world and it never stops going around the world. And we live for this world, don't live for this world, live for the world to come. Live for the world to come. If you you have a full life and and something don't take you out early, your your life on this earth is that tiny little bit compared to eternity. That's what this man is saying. He's saying, now the reason that I feel better about things is God showed me my end of my life and what's going to be afterward, and God showed me that wicked man's End and what his life's going to be like after it's over. He goes on. He says in verse 22 Y'all with me? Say amen? amen. So foolish was I. Lord, I'm so sorry. I was so foolish. Back there in verses 1 through 16. Lord, I'd lost my way. I'd lost my way. So foolish was I. But now, Lord, I've got back where I ought to be with you. And now I understand. Y'all with me? Now I see. Look at it. He says, I was like a howling dog before you. Back over there in verses 1 through 16. I was just just moaning and groaning and I was just a belly aching and whining. Lord, he said, he said, I was as a beast, as a senseless animal before thee. Then verse 23, nevertheless, I am, now this is gonna be good. And I'm, I'm gonna close with this because I got so much more I want to say next Sunday. Nevertheless, I, through all of it, through all of it, through, through my unbelief, through my confusion, through my bitterness, listen, this is important, I was still with you. I was still with you. I wasn't, I wasn't right, I wasn't where I ought to be, but you hadn't let me go. Look what it says. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. That means you never left me. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. You never disowned me is what that means right there. You never disowned me. It reminds me of uh, my little Liam. And uh, he's not, he's not, uh, we're not walking across the road that much with him yet. But, you know, in a year or two, we'll be walking down the street probably and, I'll be holding his little hand and he's going to want to run out in the road. He's going to see another child or he's going to see a little ball roll out there. He's going to see something in the road and, he, and he's going to want to run, run on out there. But I'm going to hold his hand. Amen? And, I, and I'm not going to let him go. Now, he'll probably go, eh? Eh? He does that now, don't he? Well, he'll let you know when he's not happy. Eh? And he pull. Listen, listen. That's exactly what we do with God. That's exactly what we do with God. And we think we're okay. We think it's fine. We're mad. We're upset. He's not letting me do like I want to do. And I'm jerking my hand, trying to jerk my hand where he can't control me. And he never lets us go. He never lets us go. Even when we're being ornery and stubborn and mulish. He holds on because he's our God and we're his child. And he holds on to us, look what he says. He says, you never let me go through all my whining and complaining, you never disown me. Look at verse 24, thou shalt guide me with thy counsel. I wasn't listening to your counsel. I was not doing what I knew was right. I was going my own way. He said, Lord, you're gonna guide me with your counsel and afterward, what, what? Woo, somebody say hallelujah. You're gonna receive me to glory. You're gonna receive me to glory. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? look, Look, here's all he's saying. He's saying, now I understand their eternity. And I understand my eternity. And I thank you. Come on now. Lord, for every whooping I ever got. Now, my mom and daddy, they believed in spanking. And mama would just give you one, I mean, you know, where you need it or not. She'd just give you one once in a while. But buddy, if daddy give you one, it was a moment to remember now but I'm standing in this pulpit preaching out of the Bible to you all because my mom and daddy whooped me and held my hand. And I tried to snatch away and do my own thing, but they, they wouldn't let me do it. And I thank God for every spanking my mom and daddy gave me. Now the Bible says, and that's what I'm going to preach on next Sunday, the Bible says when you're getting a spanking, it is not pleasurable in the moment. It's right there, it's in the Bible. It is not pleasurable at that moment. Listen, but it produces the fruit of righteousness. It produces the fruit of righteousness. Man, I used to get whipped at school. I mean, they'd whip you in school. Anybody? And I didn't want my mom and daddy to know because they would figure, well, they had to whoop you. I need to whoop you some more. And they would. Man, I had a teacher. I believe it was that Selma. I believe it was. I think I was in the sixth grade in Selma. I think so. I believe her name was Miss Bell. Y'all remember her? Son, son. She had a flick in her wrist. I tell you the truth, the whoopings I got from her hurt way worse than any I got from my parents. She'd you over, man. And mm, it did, it first produced the, the fruit of pain and then it produced the fruit of righteousness. And I'm gonna tell you the truth, You young parents need to listen to me. If you'll do it like you ought to, you won't have to do it much. Come on, am I preaching? And if all you do is, you know, your little pop here and little pop there, and I love you. I love all all them promises. I'm gonna tell you one more time, buddy. One more time. The 18th, one more time. They don't believe you no more. They don't believe you no more, they're they're laughing at you. But I'm gonna tell you now, when my daddy said, and I always hated this at church, when we get to home, I'm gonna whoop you. I wish you'd have just gone on right then, Brother Larry, and just whoop me good, because the dread was way yonder worse than the actual whooping. And I remember I'd come home after church on Sunday night and I'd run to the bed and I'd go, Man, I got a long day tomorrow. Catch y'all in the morning. I'd go run and get in the bed. Boy, in a little while, that light, come on. Daddy said, I hadn't forgot what I promised you. My daddy kept his promises, Brother Mac. So here's what that fellow's saying He's saying, Lord, I was trying to get away from you. I wanted. I was mad. I was upset. I didn't like how the ungodly were doing better than I was. And I didn't like it. And, 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 and I tried to pull my hand away from you and just run off without you. He said, but you never let me go. You never let me go. You never sent me away. You never parted from me. You stayed right there with me while I rebelled against you. Anybody been there? I've been there. I've been there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And we're going to talk next week. Now, next week is the the bottom line. might be the last sermon. I ain't going to make no promises, but it probably will be. We're going to talk about exactly why it looks like ungodly people are doing better than godly people. Sometimes we're going to get right down to the exact reason why next Sunday. But I want you to deal with the word you've heard today. I want you, I just thank God that he's the God of a second chance and a third, come on, and a fourth, (laughs) amen. Anybody ever needed four chances from God? How about 400? I've needed 400 chances. I'll tell you what I found out about him. Every time I come to him, he receives me. Now, if I come with a chip on my shoulder and, and I come and I'm not humble He won't receive me. He'll know I'm there. And he'll let me whine and do it. But then when you get humble. And you accept your responsibility. He'll take you back every single time. Bring you right on in. Amen. Let's all stand together. Would you? Would you walk up here? Let's conclude this service in the altar uh, this morning. Everybody come. Have mercy. It's quarter to twelve. Ain't God. Good. Quarter to 12, we're going to beat the Baptist the Bojangles today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Does it pay to serve Jesus? Pays every day. Pays every step of the way. It pays to serve Jesus. That's what this fella's whole problem was he's like, I don't believe it really pays to be a Christian. I mean, I've I've washed my hands in vain. I I got saved. And and I tell you, it just don't look like it's done me a bit of good to be saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. How many of you know, if you listen to the devil long enough, he'll make you doubt your very salvation. He'll make you doubt your very sanctification, your very baptism in the Holy Spirit. He'll make you doubt it. So we've got to come back This man came on back and embraced the Lord. And the Lord brought to him not any more confusion, but what? Understanding. Understanding. Lord, we receive your word. We receive your word. Say it, church. Say it in your heart. Say it out loud. I receive your word, Lord. I receive your word. I do not resist your infallible, inerrant word. I do not resist it. I receive your word. I accept it. I accept it, Lord. Forgive me for my boldness and my brashness and my pride. Forgive me, Lord, for the things that I uh, think that I'm right and you're wrong or I've got the right perspective and somehow you've got the wrong perspective. How stupid is that? For me to think I understand correctly and Lord, you don't understand correctly. Forgive me, that is pure pride. Lord, I pray for forgiveness. And Lord, I believe this morning in a crowd this size, there are people who are, who are confused about things that have happened in their life. They're confused about why did this happen and why did that happen and, and all of that. Lord, help them be drawn near to you that understanding might come and peace might come and a sense of contentment might come into their life. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, you're not saved. I don't know where you are in the building. You might be out in the hallway. You can hear the preaching and the singing from our church in the hallway, even in the bathrooms. I don't know where you're at, but if you're in this building and you're not saved, why don't you just say, Lord, I need you. Just say it, Lord, I need you. Lord, I've been running from you. I've been running away from you, Lord, and, 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 and Lord, I, I've got all kinds of excuses about why I had not got saved, but, but Lord, I know it's time. Today's my day. <laughs> Today's my day. And Lord, I wanna get saved today. I, I give you my life. I give you my heart. Lord, I embrace you. I embrace your death on the cross that you bore it from my sin. I embrace your resurrection from the grave that gives me new life. I believe, Lord. I don't doubt you. I believe you. I believe the gospel. And from this day on, if you'll help me, I'm going to serve you, Lord. I'm going I'm to live my life for you. I've lived the rest of my life not for you, but from this day on, I'm going to live for you. If you'll help me, and the church will help me. I know I'm a little baby right now, but if you'll help me, I know I'll be all right be fine. So Lord, I want you to save me, save my soul today. I want you to bow your head. I want you to close your eyes. I don't want you to look around. And if you prayed that prayer today and you feel like the Lord saved you in this service today, I want you to put your hand up and right back down. Just put it up and right back down. Thank you Lord for dealing with hearts this morning. You've dealt with my heart. You've dealt with my heart while I've preached today. Thank you for this 73rd chapter of Psalms. It's so clear. It's so clear. How could we miss it? To your name be the glory, the praise, and the honor. And everybody said, Amen. Have you got something for us to sing? Let's sing. Jesus
2: is the sweetest name. Of life.
1: Can call on and find salvation by the name of Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you something. I feel like I've been to church today. I mean, the music, the decent preaching, I felt it was pretty decent, and all of that, and then this time together in the altar, and just I feel like I've been to church. I like that feeling. I like that. Because I've been to church and left a few times when I didn't really feel like I'd been to church. But I feel that way today. Amen. Why don't you just turn to one of your neighbors and say, I love you. Just do that right now.
0: You've been watching the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church. The Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church is located on 112 East Blant Street. We welcome you to come and join us in worship every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m., every Sunday night at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Don't forget, if you can't join us in person, you can always join us via the internet through the website at pinelevelphc.org. You can watch our services, check out upcoming events, and lots more there at the website. You can also check out our app, through google play or ios app store download the pine level pentecost witness church app it's free to use free to download you can watch your services live or on demand check out other things about the church even donate to the church through the link if you have a facebook account go to facebook.com forward slash pine level phc get notifications when we go live check out pictures and other upcoming events about our church just like our facebook page that's all you have to do also youtube is available for for the YouTube subscribers, search YouTube for High Level PH Church. Subscribe to our channel, get notifications when we go live, and you watch our services live or on demand. Don't forget, if you can't watch us, maybe you want to listen. Search for our podcast through your favorite podcast provider and listen to the services anywhere in the world don't forget about our new radio station go to our website or app for the quick link and you can also just simply type in pinelevelphc.org forward slash radio radio stations playing good gospel music 24-7 also lots other programming is available for your enjoyment so if you want to check that out do so anytime and listen with friends around the world for everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church I'm Joey Perry we hope to see you soon here at the Paddle Pentecostal and his church.